0: Racer X podcast brought to you by the world's number one source of motocross and supercross news and entertainment, RacerXOnline.com. Jason Wygant here, your host, David Pingry. This is the Racer X podcast with your hosts, Jason Wygant and David Pingry. Yes, that's right. Another beautiful spring day here in scenic Morgantown, West Virginia, and also I would assume somewhere on the West Coast. David Pingry, you're actually out at the test track today, aren't you?
1: Smoggy, stinky Corona, California. Welcome.
0: Oh, loving it. Wow. Uh, the the midnight oil, even in the morning for you guys. You're actually out there working with your guys for the shootout?
1: Yeah, man. The uh, series rolls on here. We got uh, Cole Seeley out just prepping for the weekend, so um, trying to have one good day at the test track.
0: What about uh, Will Hahn's status? Is he going to be able to race?
1: Will Hahn is making sure his couch doesn't float away. Oh, okay. And, um, he's just letting that <laughs> shoulder heal up. Uh, he's pretty questionable for the weekend. I, I would say at this point, more towards no. So uh, his focus now, after that that series, Udekic is to uh, be ready for the Nationals, you know, and uh, that's priority one. So if he's if he's not 100, percent he's going to sit the weekend out.
0: Makes sense to me. It's probably the smart move. Today we're going to talk about uh, motocross in cinema on this show. We're going to try to educate people, and once again we stumbled upon you because. You've had either the good fortune or the bad fortune to work on the set of a couple of these movies. Talk about your history there.
1: Yeah, you know, I was real excited when they called me, um, asking me to be part of Supercross the movie. Nice. I uh, was uh the stunt double for Trip Carlisle, you know, one of the, he was one of the brothers, the main character in the movie and, um you know, the show just didn't kinda come out the way we all hoped. Um so now, yeah, as you said, it, I don't know if it's something you're proud of or you don't tell people about. <laughs> what
0: well, we're going to try to get to the bottom of it, is how does that happen? You're saying when you got involved and even when you were doing it, it seemed like the movie was actually going to be good, right?
1: Yeah, you know, we, we all read the script, and of, of course there's a little bit of, you know, cheese in it. You know, like, there's, you know, it's a love story, and this girl's doing backflips, and it's like, all right. Right. You know, okay. That's Hollywood. They're, they're going to do that a little bit. But uh, we spent a day in Las Vegas. They actually, in 2004, after the Las Vegas Supercross, they rented the stadium. A- and Feld was involved with this. So, I, you know, I'm sure it was in collaboration and they helped. But uh, they, they paid, I think, 20, 15 or 20 privateers or whoever wanted to stay uh, a bunch, you know, money to stay and ride and be part of the movie. We needed extras and people to fill the gate. And we ran a, a whole bunch of scenes and, um, actually had a, a big stunt there where I had to jump off my bike off a triple and land in these boxes. <laughs> so, you know, trust me, I put stuntman on my resume for sure.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: <clears throat> and, uh, you know, and, and then Rich Taylor and Dave Castillo and I did a lot of the rest of the stunts and, and the footage that they needed And The stuff that we watched back that they had got was actually really cool. I mean, when you see the stuff in their cameras, yep. you know, you're talking, you know, 50, 60, thousand dollar cameras and maybe even more expensive than the stuff they've got it's amazing it's not like what you watch on you know when cudby's got his little handheld and he's out there it's <laughs> a whole different ball game. right so um when you watch this footage back you're like wow that looks really really neat you know and and the the we had these takeout scenes where rich taylor had to come in and clip my front wheel and knock uh, turn and um it it just looked really cool it's really legit so we were excited about it you know we didn't think though about post-production like what happens now who who puts this footage together and puts the sound to it and makes sure it all flows together right you just don't think about that but that's where at least for this movie things went way off the rails because if you've seen the movie you know it goes from you know it just keeps chopping from one little scene to another and then a close-up on the guy's goggles you can see his eyes which is like the gayest thing they ever could do (laughs) and then it's got two-stroke sound and i'm riding a four-stroke and it's like Oh, you know you, you just anyone who knows anything about motocross just your stomach turns when you watch that movie because you can tell somebody who had no idea what they were doing pieced all that stuff together
2: yeah so unfortunately
1: it was something that maybe could have been pretty good that just um, was ruined in the last you know last portion of the whole
0: production yeah and unfortunately it didn't exactly light it up with the audience that wasn't super into motocross and supercross either so. It it didn't work and what we're gonna to try to figure out here is how come this happens. We're still waiting for the mythical great movie that sells the sport and where I guess we're gonna to continue to wait.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's like um, you know, when we, we talked about this show weeds, you know, there's been great movies with all kinds of other sports set as a backdrop. I mean, make fun of Days of Thunder all you want. I love it. Yep. It's still one of my favorite movies.
0: And I bet you um, Nascar Hoosiers. can trace growth to that. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hoosiers. Um, Tin Cup was a great movie. You know, there's all these other films that were huge. Box office success, um, you know, legitimate movies with sports set as backdrop. So why does motocross not work for that? I mean, I don't know. Other than there hasn't been one made well. Although, I don't know, man. Look at Even Days of Thunder. You know, when he loses his gearbox and he comes in reverse, I I bet Jeff Gordon was just shaking his head going, this is so gay. But, audiences loved
0: it, you know? Yeah, that I think was the 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 problem with the the motocross movies, even if they're not great for the hundred thousand motocross fans, there's a couple million other fans that for some reason didn't get into it either, whereas Days of Thunder if you don't know NASCAR is pretty cool. You gotta have the wives, the wives have to be interested, the girlfriends have to be interested, and like to watch it too, and I don't know if Winners Take All or uh, Supercross the movie really really did that either. Yeah, Um, I mean Mm-hmm.
1: Why aren't people going around quoting lines? I mean, like, oh, all the time, my guys, we talk about Robin racing, Harry. You know? Oh, yeah. You go outside, you can hold. You got a special set of matched tires that are staggered special.
0: <laughs> and then he reveals there was no stacker. Right. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Bashing up rental cars. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It actually started out good. We were talking about the history of this. You know, I guess the first movie that really had off-road motocross type stunts. I don't even want to use the word motocross because I don't even know if they were calling it really that at the time was Steve McQueen and the Great Escape. But again, that wasn't a movie about riding. Then you had On Any Sunday, which was, and that's probably the best, the best example there is, but it's still a documentary, not not fiction.
1: Exactly, and, uh, and I mean, I think that's where everybody is, you know, yeah, that was an amazing movie. That, uh, that'll be a classic oh, yeah. um, forever, but... Yeah, again, a documentary. Not Why can't we have a movie with motocross just as the background uh, be a success, you know? And maybe it's just that Hollywood doesn't know enough about it or I, who knows. But uh, we'll see if we can maybe get some good opinions from some of our guests today.
0: Yeah, this is cool. We're going to have Andy Harrington, who a lot of people call Regis. Do you even know why? Why is that? I don't know what. I
1: think that's his real name. I mean, not oh. a lot of guys can pull off the name Regis. Wow. I don't, I don't think he can either. So maybe that's why we call him that, you know?
0: So he tries to run it as if his real name is Andy, and Regis is just I, some random nickname. <laughs> well, I
1: have to ask him. I think it's Regis Andrew Harrington.
0: Okay, so, and then we'll talk okay. to him. He was involved with, um, he was involved with Charlie's Angels, right? Which you were also involved in.
1: No, no, no. I didn't do Charlie's Angels. He was. Uh, oh okay. Yep. He played a, a pivotal role in Charlie's Angels. Motocross, the Disney film. Yep. Uh, what would you call that? Uh,
0: afternoon special yeah yeah made for made for television which (laughs) probably uh, was the best of all unfortunately it wasn't in theaters and it's still i watched it as recently as saturday or friday night at the toronto supercross they were still showing it and i think the movie's probably eight years old and it's still pretty good but it wasn't for the demographic they were
1: shooting for i think it was a success for sure
0: yeah yeah so that wasn't Um, bad um
1: he did that. He also did the 1-800-COLLECT commercial that, that featured Alyssa Milano riding a wheelie on a little mini minibike. Yes. So he's, he's well-known in the television circles.
0: Well, we'll call him, and then uh, when we're done talking to Mr. Harrington, Regis, or Andy, then we'll call up, of course, Jim Holly, who now makes a living as a stuntman because he was there from winner's take all right at the beginning. So let's get uh, Andy Harrington on the phone. All right, we have Andy Harrington joining uh, Ping and Weege on this show. Uh, and our very first question for you is... Nothing to do with movies. Why Regis? Why do they call you Regis with air quotes?
3: Regis. That's my first name. Oh, that is
0: the actual name.
3: Regis Andrew Harrington III. And growing up as a kid,
0: I yep. hated
3: Regis. I got made fun of, picked on, so it was Andy Harrington. And then uh, as I got older, more people liked Ping, and all my friends found out it was Regis, and there was no stopping it. So <laughs> you can't fight them, join them. So. <laughs>
0: But it's become a nickname. Yeah, I
3: mean, I answer to both now. My wife calls me Andy. My mom calls me Andy. Everybody else calls me Regis. (laughs) Did did you get beat up as a kid? What's that? Did
1: you get beat up a lot as a kid?
3: No, 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 I didn't, actually, because I was – not because of my name, anyways, but uh, (laughs) I'd be very proactive, and before classes in the new year, I'd go up there and I'd tell them, I know it says Regis on the paper, but it's Andy. Never failed though. Never failed. They'd always go Regis, Regis, Harrington. Aw,
0: dang it. That was probably better. That's probably better. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't know it was Regis. Um, Yep. Well, we were we already talked about here uh, before we called that you you've done some high-profile stuff in movies, but actually talked about your racing career first, and then how you even made that transition into doing stunt work.
3: Well, I don't know if it'd be much of a career, but (laughs) I attempted. Okay i attempted at racing supercross and motocross um I, I don't know i just like every other kid i started riding at five went all the way through the ranks um kind of got lucky got jumped on board with the motor world racing team uh before it was the big motor Racing.com. it was motor world Cajon. myself dustin Nelson, greg Schnell, did a few uh years there and then uh With KTM being in El Cajon and stuff, uh, I had a few good finishes in 99 and I was able to join the factory KTM team in 2000, but uh, I was just destined for failure. Uh, I got hurt trying too hard, trying to come back too quick, and just didn't have a year at all. Um, Rode in 2001 again, and then uh, just uh, I would say just before the 2001 year is when the movie stuff started, and uh, I just got real lucky. Just kind of walked into that whole deal and uh, after racing kind of fizzled i've just been trying to do as much movie stuff as i can and uh uh, it seems to be getting picking up steam for me a little bit here so i'm pretty excited with it
0: well you said you were lucky with the riding but i mean you can't be that bad if you ended up with two decent rides how did you get lucky with the movies how did you walk into that
3: well at the end of 2000 uh good old sell wanted my bikes back uh, cause, uh, the year was over, and um, I was at Motor World. It was my local dealer, and there was a flyer there that said that they needed extras for a Disney movie, Motocross.
1: Wow. And they just
3: needed you to show up with your gear bag and your bike, and there was a number. So I called it, and they said, yeah, it was 80 bucks a day. So me, you're going to love this, me, the dogger, and Chris Wheeler really? decided we were going to go be extras in this Disney movie, Motocross. And uh, we show up, and we were just background- they actually uh, had me pushing my bike behind the scenes and made me take my chain off because it was squeaking.
0: <laughs> they, they call uh, that deep BG.
1: Yeah, movie.
3: exactly. So. Uh, What's that stand for? Deep background. Way back. Oh, way, back. Okay. way back. That was me. <laughs> I was just the way back guy. Uh-huh. And, uh, but it was cool because when I got there, like uh, Castillo, uh, Rich Taylor, uh, a bunch of guys Oakley Lehman, a desert guy who's really big in stunts now. Um, mm hmm a bunch of guys were there and they were the stars they were they didn't they didn't hang out with us poor folk background they were there (laughs) making the good coin doing the riding (coughs) and uh so dogger wheeler and myself were all background we didn't even get to we weren't even supposed to ride or nothing we were just getting getting a minimum wage salary for being a background but uh during that day at lunch they let the other guys ride and so we were like screw it we're riding and uh uh, the, the 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 like the first assistant director or whatever, the first AD is like, no, no background gets to ride. So I went over and talked to uh, Castillo and Taylor and all them, and they talked to David Barrett, who's another motocross guy who was the stunt coordinator on the film, and they talked him into letting us ride during that first day at lunch. And then uh, because of my size and Brona being my home track, I just kind of put it to everybody. Yeah. I got lucky. And then uh, I came back to my truck, and Barrett and the uh, director, Boyam, who Ping's familiar with from uh, – his famous role, uh, came over and asked me if I wanted to be involved in the film, and I was like, heck, yeah, this is going to be sweet. They told me my pay was going to go from, like, 80 bucks a day to, like, $700 a day, and I was going to get to be in the Screen Actors Guild and all this good stuff, and I didn't even care. I was broke and had an apartment, lost my ride, and I just wanted extra money. So they put me in the chair, and then they told me I was going to be the girl. And that was uh, That was the start of my career in the movie. He said, yeah, that sounds about right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was it like? Uh, Motocrossed, which is uh, the, the movie that was on the Disney Channel, was actually pretty good. Probably, quality-wise, I'd say it probably makes you cringe the least. So what was the feeling like there? I mean, did you think it was actually going to be a good movie, or were you not even thinking about that type of thing yet?
3: I, we thought it was going to be pretty good. I mean, the storyline and stuff was kind of, you know, obviously aimed at the younger crowd um, with the sister and the brother and everything. And it was kind of like the old, you know, we used to make fun of it, it as like the parent trap type movie. Yeah. Um, yep. But riding was phenomenal. There was a lot of motor, like, like David Barrett was the uh, stunt coordinator on it, comes from motocross. They built up all the jumps at Verona, it was like a supercross track. It was. It was pretty crazy, and riding on it was just really good. We knew the riding section was going to be really, really uh, well portrayed and and, and realistic because there was a lot of ex pros, you know, and current pros that were, were doing it, and it was uh, it was a blast.
1: Now, Rich, do you remember, you know, the that you saw when you watch a take back? Um, you know, like with Supercross the movie, we would watch the stuff that, that Dave and Rich and I did, um, and it looked great. You're like, Man, that, that looks cool, like the the takeouts that we had to do, just the different shots that they were trying to get looked great if you watched it all the way through. But once they got it in the post and started chopping it up and mixing it around, it's like they ruined it. Did yeah. did that kinda happen, same thing there at all or no? Maybe not yeah, as bad. Um,
3: it's as far as, like, in motocross, it didn't really happen, but I have, I know exactly what you were talking about, and you have seen it, and that's kind of like, you know, I did it even, like, when we went to, like, um, I got to go, like, to a cast and crew premiere of Charlie's Angels, and it's not like the regular premiere. It's just cast and crew. <laughs> it's nothing red carpet or nothing. But it's the same thing. Like, you remember all these, you know, you, we spent a month doing the movie, and then it was seven minutes in the film, and like you kind of leave, and you're like, well, man, it was cool, but it wasn't, you know, just like you said, Ping, there is there's times where, you know, they got to cut and splice it and make it as exciting to the non-moto fan, and sometimes to us moto guys are like, oh, that's not well, okay, you know, <laughs> it is what it is.
0: Ah, so there's there are uh, there's almost a collision there. There's some conventions of what the directors think the mainstream uh, fans want to see because that's their real goal to make the movie as big as possible, and then maybe what you're used to seeing as a motocrosser. So. Is that part of the reason that the motocross fans sometimes don't like these movies? Because what works for a movie doesn't necessarily work for the hardcore fan?
3: Uh, Yeah, I I think that that's the number one reason why it doesn't work. Because, you know, um, what drives us is, is, you know, being part of the sport and loving the sport. And just, you know, around a berm or hitting a berm or, or just perfect block passes. You know, just all that stuff really isn't appealing to... You know, someone that's never been to a race that wants to go see it on the screen. They want to see crash, action, gun, you know, good versus evil. It's, it's it's hard finding a balance, I think. I mean, I've spent lots of times, like, even with the Supercross movie, mm-hmm. like, I thought that was going to be when it first was talked about, when Ping and Jimmy Roberts and a bunch of guys were very involved with it in the very, very beginning. I thought it was going to be the one. I thought it was going to be the movie to change everything for motocross or Supercross. Yep. And, a lot of things happened that made it to what it was. And um, because originally I was told that like 20th Century Fox put millions into it and they had this big, big, big director. And the movie, the, the story wasn't necessarily all Supercross. That movie was supposed to be a whole completely, Supercross was supposed to be like the byline of the movie. Like there was supposed to be a dad that got caught smuggling drugs and the brothers, you know, before the brothers were older, then the brothers rode with a single mom. There was supposed to be like this whole, whole script was different and then just you know the director left I mean this is all hearsay I wasn't involved with it but supposedly the director left some of the money went left and ended up being just about you know the racing so I think that for a movie that that's gonna have our sport it still has to have a story around the sport kinda too you follow what I'm saying
0: yeah uh, we were talking about that before the show with some of the guys in the office here where you know the movie the Blind Side has football in it but it's a lot more compelling than just football
3: right there has that's what i believe i believe someone has to someone has to know about motocross and and be able to work it into a storyline but the the movie can't be about just supercross and motocross because to us i think it would be awesome but for you know mainstream america it'd be it'd be really hard to capture the attention the whole time. I mean, And, I mean, it wouldn't be really hard for him to capture the attention, but it would be hard for then the hardcore motocross people to go, oh, that's not realistic. You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be, you know, some drama. But I, I don't think, I,
1: I think you nailed it there, Reeves, by saying that someone who knows motocross has to be involved in the production and in even the post-production of it to make sure that it doesn't come off um, super cheesy. But the thing is, it doesn't have to appeal to people in the industry so much. You know right. what I mean? Like, it could be people people who follow motocross and race. I don't know, Okay, that's kind of lame. And it could still be a success if it was done right. And my, my example, the Weed Days of Thunder. I mean, look at some of the just ridiculous stuff that was in there. And yet, I mean, I, I, you know, people who don't know NASCAR, myself included, I'm not like a big NASCAR buff. I realize you can't throw it into reverse and, you know, come flying into the pits at 80 miles an hour. Like, that doesn't probably happen, but Cole Trickle did it, and I, right. I, I believed it. Like, I didn't even question it, you know?
3: Exactly, and I, I, I completely agree with that whole scenario. I even, got on, I even got in an argument with Steve Cox way back when Supercross came out about the same exact thing. NASCAR, hardcore NASCAR people didn't like Days of Thunder. They thought, oh, this is just making our sport look ridiculous. But it made a lot of people fans of it today you know what i mean yeah yeah and even like i mean even if you go like to a movie like top gun do you really think that like our naval guys are flipping the bird over a mig 14 over the you know what i mean it's like when i was in san diego i remember as a kid watching the news and having people say that that portrayed you know the air force or the navy or whatever in a battle way too but still got people into the movies you know
1: yeah, and I mean, once it had that gnarly makeout session with Kelly McGillis, you know, they're like <laughs> hunging each other down. I mean, how do you not be a fan of that?
3: Well, that happens. I see that all the time between. You.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> I was also okay. So you, uh, once you got is, in, anyway,
1: is anyone else impressed that I just pulled out Kelly McGillis's name? Is yeah,
0: I'm take my honest. breath away, <laughs> man. I what happened to her? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> one and done. Um. Hey. So after that, after motocross, um. So did you start thinking, okay, I'm going to pursue this now?
3: No, this is where my story gets really funny. So oh, okay. they told me, they told me that I needed to take a bunch of the money I made and uh-huh. go get in the union. Okay. And I was like, well, screw that! I just made a bunch of money. I'm going to be okay for the off season, <laughs> and I'm never going to do a movie again. So I'm not going in the union. So I'm just sitting at home one day, spent all my money. I'm broke again. Got caught up on my bills. I'm figuring out how I'm going to Anaheim. And my phone rings, and it's somebody saying, hey, we need you for a commercial. And I was like, oh, perfect. Like, man, yeah. this movie stuff is cool. Mm-hmm. And they said, uh, yeah, you came recommended from, you know, I guess you did a Disney movie or something. So we need you to do And the lady would not say what it was for. And I'm like, what's it for? What's it for? And she's like, well, we need we, – you need to stunt – well, um, you're going to be a girl. And I was like, <laughs> oh, perfect. Like, you know, how much does it pay? Where do I dress up? Like, it was no big deal. But then she immediately told me that I needed to be in the union. Oh, no. So I didn't have any money, and she this was on a Thursday. So she said the, the commercial films at Glen Helen on Saturday and Sunday. So you need to be in the union, and you need to be here Saturday. So I called my mom, who financed my racing my whole life, and told her I needed to borrow, I think it was like 1400 bucks or something. And I remember driving to her work, and I'm sitting there, and I had the window rolled down, and I was telling her, I'll pay you back, I'll pay you. And she threw a handful of hundreds in cash into my drawer, my door, and she was at her wit's end with me. And she's like, you know what? Don't call me till you pay me back. And I was like, I was kind of laughing, punk kid. Oh, okay. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. So I go directly to the San Diego Screen Actors Guild. I pay my dues. I get all hooked up, and I'm thinking I'm in. And I get there Saturday to do the commercial, and as soon as I get there, they said that they weren't going to need me no more. Oh, no. So I told the producer, and david barrett was the coordinator again that no they had to use me either i was gonna be picking up trash or whatever but i had to pay my mom back <laughs> i told them that <laughs> and i didn't know how it worked or nothing so i told them that So they, <laughs> that's
0: more embarrassing than having the name regis
3: exactly i, I gotta work because
0: my mom will get mad
3: <laughs> i was not i had no idea what it meant to be in a commercial but i had i knew what i was gonna do to my mom to tell her that i borrowed that money i got in the screen actors guild now i don't have the money to pay her back So. I begged and pleaded, and they said, well, Alyssa Milano has her own stunt double. She wants to use her, so we're going to have, like, a write-off between you two. And we had to do a wheelie contest on a XR, or not an XR, a TTR-125. And thankfully, I was able to wheelie that thing better than Alyssa Milano's stunt double. So they hired me. I got to do the commercial with Jeremy McGrath. And I made, like, I would say 2500 bucks for the two days, and I thought that was it. So I paid my mom back, and I had an extra $1,000, and I was just I was happier than could be. Everything was great. And then uh, Supercross came around. I rode the first five rounds. DNFed a couple, didn't do that well, came home sick. One Saturday night, I came home after the fifth round. The series was going back east, and I was like, I'm moving back home. I'm, this is it. I'm done. And there was five checks there, and it was the residuals from the commercial playing. And I honestly thought that they were overpaying me.
0: Wow!
1: That
3: like their I thought that their like uh, their their payroll department was overpaying me. So I cashed one of them and I held on to the other four for like four days, and then I finally called them and fessed up that I cashed and I was telling the lady I'd pay it back if I had to, and you know I just messed up cash check. She told me to call my Screen Actors Guild branch so they could explain that that was my money and that every time the commercial plays I make money. And at that point on I was in love with
0: movies and Alyssa milano well, that's,
3: that's yeah. something that you know I, I don't think a lot of
1: people realize too in the in the tv and movie industry is man those residuals they keep coming i still to this day get checks for supercross the movie i mean they're small because that thing stunk but they still yeah, roll I mean, in because every time it plays if hbo plays it or if it's you know dvd sales whatever they have to cut everybody a check that was involved
3: Yep, and I'm still. I mean, I'm I'm very fortunate like, to be like in Charlie Angels, and then I had a street bike movie right after that called Torque. I mean, I'm still getting a couple hundred dollars here and there every every couple months. You know, it's very cool. Like they, that that whole after that, that's what made me start thinking like, wow, this industry really kind of takes care of you, not just when you do it, but every time that you show on TV or anything. And it, it kind of started making you know. And then plus, I got. Because I made X amount of dollars, I got health insurance through the Screen Actors Guild, where I couldn't get health insurance as a Supercross rider. I was high risk. I was I was going every, you know, I was really high risk. I mean, <laughs> I got hurt all the time, but more than most people. But I would go and try to get health insurance, and I would get either declined or I'd have to pay like 800 bucks a month. And as a privateer, I just couldn't afford it, you know. And I, I, I risked myself. I can't count how many times going to Supercrosses with no health insurance. I look back on it now, and I think I was just the dumbest kid in the world, how how lucky I I was to not have a catastrophic injury or, or, you know, to get out how I did. But with the stunt stuff, you know, I'm taking care of my whole family right now, and and I'm getting getting good health care insurance, and it's costing me next to nothing. And it just amazes me how that can happen, you know, a stuntman that is planning on crashing, planning on wrecking, you know and then uh, our industry is like man it's just really hard to, to get coverage
0: talk about how gnarly actually some of these uh, stunts are i mean doing a wheelie for Alyssa milano probably not that bad but what other type of crazy stuff have you had to do had, had to do sorry
3: um last year i was in an audi super bowl commercial with jason statum on a buell getting chased by jason statum the, the english actor or whatever in the audi car and uh I that's a, a
0: transport guy right yeah
3: exactly yeah. exactly and that was uh, that was probably one of my crazier stunts and I, I hit a ford focus coming out of a parking garage and just jumped over the bars as i hit it and landed in some boxes and stuff but by uh, the stunt industry those guys are those guys are gnarly like they look at what ping and i will do like or, or any motocross guy will do on a track and they're like man you guys are crazy but then we'll sit back and they'll go, okay, well, our turn, you know, and they'll, they'll get hit by a car or something. <laughs> it's like or, or
1: go 60 miles an hour into a parked car on a motorcycle and jump over the handlebars and then tuck and roll
3: on the asphalt. Like Yeah, exactly. And so you look at what? that and you're like, like How, yeah, do, how like, do you uh, do that? That same Audi commercial I did, the wreck on the car, my, my good friend Jimmy Roberts, I mean, we're, he laid down a Harley going 50, like right at a tractor semi, you know, and did it twice. And it's just like, it's just amazing to me. I mean, all those stunt guys, those, those guys that do it full time, are just kind of my heroes. Like, they're just crazy. And, you know, you, I mean, it takes lots of planning. It's not like you just grab it and you just go for it. I mean, there's lots of planning that's as safe as possible. But still, when it comes time to do stuff, those guys are gnarly.
1: They I mean, you're coming 50 miles an hour at a tractor trailer that'll decapitate you if you don't get it laid down. I mean, you. Better grab that rear brake right and fly it right. I mean, what if it high sides you? Exactly. <laughs> You're going then, into that side of the trailer at 50.
3: And then they'll say, "Well, we didn't get it. The camera car cut out. Can you do it again?" And I'll go, "Sure." And it's just like, wow, you know, I just, you know, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to be a part of. And uh, I, I, like I said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm trying to get it. I'm I'm got it a little bit behind me now. I'm trying to do more and more of it. And it's it's a. Uh, you know, it's, it's really cool, but on the same time, I get that same feeling I do when I am when I used to go to the line at Supercross before anything you do in the movies. It's, it's the same type of feeling. It's that adrenaline rush and, okay, and action. It's like the gates dropping, like, okay, I have to get it right. i got to concentrate, and, you know, you got to get it done, and it, it's very rewarding.
0: Hey, what's the uh, reaction usually on the set? I mean, uh, like you said, the stunt guys give you some respect. I mean... Um do they know you're a racer? Do the directors think that's cool? Or are they just like, hey, how come you can't jump 100 foot off this building? I mean, what what level of respect do you usually get from the people that aren't used to motorcycle racing?
3: Well, I think the, the all the stunt guys that I've ever worked with, I mean, they all ride.
0: Uh-huh. There,
3: there, there's a lot of them. I mean, I've... I really haven't been involved in too many stuff where at least the majority of them there haven't written, but what it, where it gets crazy is the people like that are the producers or the producers assistants or you know sometimes directors yep. some coordinators they've all been around it so they know what to expect but sometimes you will be sitting around and a director or somebody that you know is just they're just wow that is just so crazy and you're like i just did a 30 foot double it's not you know what i mean but you just (laughs) you know, or but then on the flip side of that they'll think that just something something should be easy but it's you know they want you to hit like a three foot bump and at 70 and 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 jump 100 feet and you're like no it's gonna buck me over the bar i'm gonna see you know yeah yeah it's gonna kill me Mm -hmm. so it's you really rely on the coordinators and everybody. I've worked with this is just awesome, and then you just kind of get together and you, you kind of massage every situation to try to get what they want. The producers and the people that really don't know, but you try to turn it in a way to where you know how to do it and it's going to be safe.
0: And what are the uh, what are the hours like? You, you hear a lot about it's the you know hurry up, get there early, and then wait around. I mean, are these long slogs just to do something that takes two minutes?
3: Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of times they'll you'll sit around and you know they'll set cameras and you know get to get everything perfect and then they'll do a test run and go nah it didn't work and then they'll reset cameras and I mean typically you're there from first thing in the morning till till daylight ends you know and uh, I don't know that uh, to me I, I love those days though because that that you know it just it adds up and you're in that union and you know after eight hours you're getting your overtime and then after 10 hours you're getting your double time and it's just you know they really take care of you so
2: plus there's
1: a craft services truck which is like uh you know rolling vegas buffet on wheels
3: (laughs) i don't know what it is with me and craft services but that is like my like i'm just I I just uh, freak out. I go over there, and I, like, take photos of it on my cell phone and send it to my friends, like, check this out. (laughs) It's the best thing about the whole movie set. Go over there and just get anything that you want. Be happy.
0: (laughs) So overall, when you look at uh, the stuff that has come out, same thing with, uh, so you're in Charlie's Angels, right? I mean, do do you end up being disappointed, or for you, now that you're involved in the business, do you understand this is just the way it is and it's the way it's always going to
3: be? Well, I kind of like Charlie's Angels. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, it, that was probably the funnest month of my life. I mean, imagine being stuck in the same tight spot as Rhino, Gosler, all, all you know, Castillo, mm-hmm. Taylor. All I mean, there was twenty of us that rode Supercross. And, and I mean, granted, it was a couple years after I competing, but it, it, we did Moto after Moto after Moto. I mean, that 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 there's stories from that movie that'll have you guys in stitches. And we were there for like three days before we got to ride. Uh-huh. first time we got to ride and we only had to do one turn go over this peristyle thing and there the cameras were off there was nothing going on and all of us that have done movies i mean you just want to get rehired again so you're just you just want to do your job and and you know you listen you pay attention okay we're going to go through this berm you're going to go over this hill and then cameras are off let's go back to one i'm the last person i'm like the the chick that's coming from last or whatever again and uh I look over the peristyle, and I see smoke, and I'm like, there's no smoke in this shot. And I go over, and Ryan Hughes had cleaned out Shay Bentley so hard, it broke his radiator off of his bike <laughs> and broke his elbow. And this is clear out of the shot. This is, like, not even in the shot. And we all go over there, and we're like, what the heck? And there's just carnage. There's the Bentley's rolling around on the ground with a broken elbow. Rhino's picking his bike up. And I'll never forget it. I, the director looks at Rhino and says, "What the heck happened?" And he says, he, he says "Bentley tried to pass me on the outside." <laughs> <laughs> and we're all just, we're, there's like twenty of us just staring at Rhino. And he goes, "Nobody passes me on the outside." Or I get the movie, you're not even in the shot. And he goes, "Yeah, but well, if you want it realistic,
0: oh. <laughs> we're gonna." We're going to have a Ryan Hughes story on every show, I think.
3: <laughs> oh, Rhino was awesome on that show. And he's probably going to kick my ass but, or but whatever but for saying this. But in the very beginning, he used to run from base camp. He wanted to, like, he was training. He was coming back from riding after he'd been retired a while. So he wanted to run in his gear from base camp out to the set. Mm-hmm. And, man, we were the guys that would ride our bikes from base camp and then put our bikes up against Crafty and go inside and make an ice cream. <laughs> or hot chocolate and wait for the shot, and he would just talk crap, like, man, you guys are going to get fat and whatever, and, you know, and, but by the end of the movie, I was proud to see Rhino in there making sundays and, nice. you know, eating Snickers with us.
0: Hey, did you get to meet the uh, the stars? I mean, do, do you actually see them or work with them?
3: Uh, every once in a while, uh, you get to see them and, and talk with them and stuff. Uh, I try to stay away, though, because I, I look like a, I usually look like a tranny that's working late nights on polk in san francisco was, i'm like a i'm a dude that's dressed as a girl like at last i got to be in transformers three and R two sorry and uh they called me up to set and i was in two hours of makeup to be this chick and i got out of my trailer and started walking up the set and josh to the actor was walking right next to me oh and it was just like oh my and he looked at me and he just was like really really <laughs> And I just was, what are you going to say? You know? So I, I try to steer clear when I'm the chick of everybody. Do you, do you get
1: any kind of, do you get starstruck at all reads? Because, like, I, I mean, I, you know, the ones you've done, obviously you're, you're dealing with way bigger stars. Like, even Supercross, um, Sophia Bush, and I can't even remember the other girl's name, but she was beautiful. She did, like, those Carl's Jr. commercials on the bowl, the mechanical bowl. You know what I'm talking about? And the sauce is dripping down her. Wait, yeah, she was anybody? in
0: Supercross the movie?
1: Yeah. Wow. The yeah. blonde haired girl. Yep. So Anyway, they would be just, like, kind of hanging out right next to where we were. Oh, i would be a disaster. I, don't, I get starstruck really easy. So, like, if through Barrymore and Cameron Diaz would have walked out, I'd have I'd probably just got all giddy and gotten an autograph or something. It would have been ridiculous.
3: Yeah, I definitely get starstruck still. I mean, I, I, I just, uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, sometimes, though, when I'm, like, uh, I did one movie recently where I was instructed to stay away from who I was doubling because they didn't want her to see me. But that was her. <laughs> you know wow. I mean? Yeah, so it's like I was, I was asked to not be in the same area because this girl did not want to see, like, you know. Everything I do, the shots are real far away. There's, like, no close-ups on you or anything, or it's real action, so you never really know um, that it is me. Um, but it's, it's kind of, I mean, it's funny. Like, I wore a list of Milano's pants in the one 800 commercial. They didn't fit me. The, the butt was way too big. <laughs> and the uh the girl in uh the girl in the Hold room. on, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> Rewind. The butt was too big. Yeah, I had Freeze. saggy drawers when they they gave me the same size pants and my drawers were saggy and I remember it created a kind of a uh, Samantha from Who's the Boss has a bigger ass than you. Is this what you're saying to me? Yeah. So I have the I, facts nailed probably. You know what? you I can back this up. You can ask MC specifically. We stood around and waited hours. We were promised to go to dinner with her that night by a couple people. We stayed. We were so stoked to meet her, and then when we met her, we were just, you know, it was like, she's very short. I mean, she's good looking. Don't get me wrong, but she's short. She was nothing that you expected. So, uh. Uh, and then when that happened with the the pants, I just remember sitting in the in, in the wardrobe, and just it became like a a panic because they did not want that to happen or to see. Alyssa to see me in these pants that were big so we did some serious hemming and stitching right
0: there i remember um, in mcgrath's book he did say that she didn't look that good and she smoked a lot
3: That's yeah funny. i didn't want to be mean but mcgrath straight up was like we sat there like oh we're gonna see her and then everything they did with mcgrath she had to walk on like apple boxes because she was so much shorter so wow. they could like actually look eye to eye to each other. Mm-hmm. And I remember McGrath; he was just pretty. He was pretty disappointed. He was pretty disappointed in 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 the looks, and but more more importantly, the attitude. It was kind of like this, you know, I'm I'm really cool attitude. So we were kind of let down.
0: Most of the time, are the people pretty good to work with though? Besides Alyssa Milano.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I just really look forward to hanging out with the stunt guys. I mean, honestly, uh-huh. there's nothing funner than you know. It's like when you're a kid and you're with your buddies and you. You know, you have a coordinator come over and tell you this is what we're looking for, and then you you working with other people, and you you know, it's it's just fun. It's a, it's good camaraderie, and, and you know, when you're on location, going to dinner. I mean, it's just like racing. It's just like being at a supercross and running into four of your guys, you know, your buddies, and going to going to eat and working all day the next day together. It's it's a blast, and I I really uh, I really enjoy doing it.
0: Cool. All right. Well, uh, we're gonna let you get back to uh, to the real job. Maybe it won't be the real job forever, but uh, thanks for thanks for the half hour of your time, though, man. These are good stories, and I'm sure there's a million more.
3: Oh yeah, there's a there's a whole lot of them, and uh, maybe you can have Ping tell you about his gag where he uh, crashed off the triple. If you haven't heard it already. Uh, yeah, the boxes. Uh, we, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we haven't told it yet. Here, I'll I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll pass that one along. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. good talking to you, Reeds. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.
0: Okay. Bye. Thanks. See ya. All right, that was uh, Andy Harrington, good stories there from Charlie's Angels and Motocross and working as Alyssa Milano's actually skinnier stunt double. And uh, now we're going to bring in my good friend and longtime broadcast partner, Jim Holly, who probably started this whole trend. Jim, how you doing, man?
2: I'm doing great. Nice weather here in Southern California. It's it's great outside. Uh,
0: I feel like you're almost the originator here. You know, when Charlie's Angels and Supercross the Movie came along, it got a lot of opportunities for a lot of people. But... You were involved in the earliest days, even at Winners Take All, right?
2: Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, actually, I wasn't probably the innovator. There was a, a guy by the name of, if there's any dirt track guys listening, uh, John Hatley, Eddie Mulder. Uh, they kind of got into the business in the, the 70s and stuff. And a guy by the name of Mike Runyard, who I know, Davey uh, Coombs knows uh, Mike Runyard. He used to be a factory Suzuki rider in the uh-huh. 70s with the Coster. So, uh, those are the, the, actually the trendsetters, uh, as well as Brad Lackey. I mean, Brad uh, worked on a few uh, movies, too, so I just really? kind of followed in uh, their footsteps. Gary Simics, he's worked in the movie industry, too, and, uh, yeah, so just kind of followed from there. It's just a natural progression from racing professionally, and, you know, your, your ego's kind of, you know, like you still got a little bit of an ego, you still want to perform, but yet you can't perform on a supercross track, so why not go and perform in front of the uh, big screen?
0: How did uh, Winners Take All come together? You know, everyone well, that knows. Was, uh, go
2: ahead. That was a long, uh, a good friend of mine, Richard Epper, a fourth-generation uh, stunt guy's, you know, grandfather, great-grandfather. I mean, they doubled, you know, did the horse stuff for uh, John Wayne and things like that, uh, doubled uh, his grandfather did. So, wow. uh, you know, they got me into the business. Uh, it was Richard. And, uh, as a matter of fact, the Winners Take All, I was still riding. I was a factory rider for Yamaha. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I couldn't do a lot of the stunts because I was worried if I got hurt that Yamaha would be pissed. So, Actually, Richard uh, did a lot of uh, the sequence at uh, Dallas Stadium because when they were filming down there, I was racing, but the day after, they ended up using the track, and uh, Richard actually uh, doubled me, and um, so it worked out great. But that's who got me into the business, is the Epper family.
0: Wait a minute. Are you saying that he actually was Jim Holly?
2: He was. was. Wow. So you
0: stunted for other people, but other people stunted for you.
2: Right. Yeah. When I was first getting into it, because you'd mentioned that was the first show I'd ever uh, worked on was uh, Winners Take All. That's how I got my SAG card. Uh, after that, and um, you know, from there it just took off.
0: So what? Uh, what stuff did you do in Winners Take All? Who did you double you, for?
2: J- Jim is the first,
1: the old first and only guy whose career launched from Winners Take All.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I actually did. <laughs> Actually, uh, you know, that was uh, the Dallas uh, Supercross was towards the end of the season back when I was riding. So um, after the the, the season was over, um, you know, uh, I was able to uh, double goose. uh, um, And the redheaded guy, I I did a couple different guys on that Uh show. Um, One of those things were when they jumped into the cattle cattle truck. That was me, jumped into that thing. Really? Yeah, so... uh, Yeah, so it was was cool. I mean, I had a good time with it. I I believe that was Don DeLuise's kid that I was doubling the other actor, too.
0: Yes, who sadly was later in 21 Jump Street alongside an actor (laughs) named Johnny Depp. And I don't know which one did better in the long run. (laughs) But um, how did the winners take all even come about? How did, was it? A, was it the promoters working that, or did someone just like Supercross? How did that even happen? Do you know?
2: You know, I, I I I don't know to be honest. Uh, I don't know the producers on that show because, like I said, at that time I, I was racing for a living. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. Into the stunt business halls. I know Ernie Arsati was the stunt coordinator, and uh, you know I, I met Ernie, and Ernie was into it. At noon, his son uh, was into racing and and riding and things like that. So i believe uh jack tatum if i'm not mistaken was one of the producers in that uh yeah that's that the name show. Yep. so I, I mean it just kind of evolved that they wanted to you know and, and they would go down to anaheim and watch the races and things like that and they say hey, let, let's you know make a movie about supercross so uh you know the, the, the supercross world was uh very helpful as far as uh letting them shoot you know like i said that the uh the, uh, Dallas Stadium. You know they would they would come out and they would film live races on Saturday and then on Sunday the track was still there. They'd get all the stunt doubles in and and uh, make a mock up race and, and things like that. And that's where they had all those crashes and things like that. But I was no part of that. Oh, Jim. Jim, were you um, when you watch it back
1: or when you were seeing it happen or you're hearing about you know Team Hurricane all this stuff? Were you like shaking your head, going, "Oh, this is like so ridiculous"? Or were you just stoked it's doing something with motocross or? What were you thinking as that was in production?
2: Well, you know, actually, if you remember, uh, uh, David, uh, that uh, you know, that was kind of when Team Tam was starting. You know, kind of, uh, they, they were starting to get satellite teams there and stuff like that and uh, trying to get some uh, outside money into the sport and, and trying to compete against the against the factories. Did I think the hurricane bikes and the outfits were a little far-fetched? Oh, sure. I mean, that was just, come on, guys, just, this isn't going to work this way. But, uh, you know, it's Hollywood, and you just make do with what you got. But uh, I thought it was pretty cool to, uh, you know, nobody had ever uh, kind of done something like that, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if, you know, the, the racing, uh, you know, behind the scenes and things like that, you know, riding the, bi- uh, the uh, you know, mini bikes into the pool and stuff like that. I mean, I, I kind of think that was done in the 70s and the 80s. We, we were kind of not into that anymore. Training was more of a thing. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more training, uh, the love story was in there, you know. Glover even had an appearance in there. He was drove his Corvette up, and he was pissed that his chick was training with the guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. So I don't know if that would happen, but anyhow, it, it was just nice to see, uh, you know, that somebody was taking in an interest in making a movie about Supercross.
1: Yeah, well, there's no need to be embarrassed here. You're, you're talking to a guy who uh, worked on a show that had Team Nami, so uh, not that
2: I uh, thought any better Where name than they come Hurricane. Up with these names. Sure. It's a tsunami, tsunami, hurricane. I know. You know? <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, yeah, so we' you—
1: apparently, do, apparently it has to be a natural disaster to right, be a— uh, Right,
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good take on
0: it. Yeah. Um, so, winners take all. You are actually—you were just getting started, but then that actually, as Ping said, that actually launched you into other stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it launched me into a lot of different things. I mean, the Italian job, how to lose a guy in 10 days, wild hogs, eight-legged freaks, anything to do with a motorcycle. I remember, and I was trying to think, uh, you know, there was a show that uh, Pam Anderson did. Remember her and three other girls? You know, I had some stuff in that. They had some bike scenes in that, but just a lot of television stuff. And then, you know, also, you know, it, it kind of runs in spurts. You know, the motorcycle, uh, you know, you, you'll see him. A lot in, in movies, and then all of a sudden it'll go dry for a while. But that, that's okay. I mean, because they got camera bikes that uh, I've, I've done a lot of camera bike stuff, and uh, those are kind of interesting in itself. You know, I mean, it's uh it's uh, you know a, a, a road bike with a, a platform, a hack on the side. You know, with speed rail, they throw a camera guy on there, an operator, a, a, a you know a director. I mean, sometimes I got like six guys on these things, and we're chasing a car or whatever the, the scene is, and. Uh, you know, sometimes that gets a little hectic because of the fact that it's not only in my life that I have to this thing. And then, you know, the grips and everybody, they want to tether all these guys to this rig. And I'm saying, I don't know about that, man. This thing, we crash. I don't want to be tethered to this thing. I want to get off of this thing, you know. <laughs> so uh, it, it's kind of interesting, though. One, one funny little thing I was working on, um, I was running down chasing a car, and we were going about 60, and the car was pretty far ahead of us. And all of a sudden, this uh, we were down in L.A., and this homeless guy, I, my, I knew at the, I didn't know at the time, but anyhow, he, he kept walking across the street, and the the, uh, the PAs didn't, you know, they were supposed to lock down the street and hold guys. Well, I saw the PA, he was yelling at the guy, but the guy wasn't paying attention to him, and he still was walking out. Well, I aborted the shot. I mean, I just shut it off, and that was it. I wasn't going to hit the guy with all these people on. And, and come to find out the guy was deaf, I went over to the PA, and I told the guy, I said, hey, man, any time someone walks out there, Grab him, whatever, because this guy was deaf. He didn't hear you. You're yelling. I saw you yelling, but that's not going to do it. If I wasn't paying attention, we'd have hit that guy. We had a big, uh, a big wreck here. So you know, I, I, the camera bike stuff is, is nice, but uh, there's a lot more responsibility in, in that.
0: Yeah, you know what you're hitting on though. Uh, whenever anyone asks me about you, Jim, they always think, uh, you know, you did all this crazy stuff in Dirt Bike Magazine, jumping Harley's, and now you're a stunt guy, and they always think you're the wildest of the wild man. But I always say it's controlled chaos. More than anyone I know, actually, you're always sizing up the way in, the way out, the way to prevent a disaster from happening. Is that part of just being a stuntman? Is that why you're like that nowadays?
2: No, nah, I think that's just the way I am. Even, okay. uh, you know, in my normal life, I mean, you know, yeah, I, I, I admit, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the craziest guys around as far as that goes. I mean, uh, you know, uh, um, but uh, there is there is a calculated risk, you know, right. and, and there is things that you have to look at. Uh, You know, another time I was on a a, a job, it was a Coca-Cola commercial, and I was just running down the sidewalks in downtown L.A. There again with that same bike and same people on, and uh, um, I was chasing a guy who was a chase scene, and uh, so he's running pretty fast guy, you know, and I asked him, said, hey, you got everything locked up? Oh, yeah, we're locked up. No one's going to come in or out of the buildings or anything like that. Okay, great, so we're running down the street, and I always look for outs in, in case somebody forgets to do their job and, and has somebody that uh, you know steps out and uh, sure enough uh, somebody stepped out of an uh, one of the offices and i mean i'm probably running uh, maybe 20 miles an hour on this thing you know which and he just steps right out of the door and i mean i had to go off the curb with these guys or i was either going to hit him and then with the hack on the side i got to remember is there a telephone poles or a street light is there a fire oh. hydrant you know because if i clip something like that going off the street but uh there again it was somebody that said oh we had it locked down for no one to go in i said well that's fine but what about the people that are inside wanting to get out you need to place somebody at each door you know because i mean we could add a, a, an accident i've i seen a lot of accidents and, and things like that and it, it's just that uh, sometimes you kind of lose your head when you're working on a, on a set you know you kind of let the director or something you know the, these big name guys you know push you into things i mean one time i was uh, there was a, a a bus scene it was a chips the reunion and i was on a, uh, a chp bike following this bus and there was a fight scene going on and the fight scene was great uh the director says keep going keep going and the stunt guy that was driving the bus he had went to this pat you know he he had his end mark right well they wanted to go past that well that hadn't been scouted out and he drove by and the tree limbs were were low and uh he cleaned off uh, almost uh, everybody on the top of that bus and the, the, you know i felt so bad for kevin driving the bus because you know he, you know one of the guys, uh, I think almost lost his ear and just if they wouldn't have been tethered on, they were the all everybody up on that thing. Ten people are hanging off the side of this bus, and if you know somebody didn't have the safety equipment, and harnesses, and tether these guys off, these guys would have fallen off the bus going about 40 miles an hour with a police escort chasing this bus down the oh. road here. So that was one of those incidents where somebody said keep going, keep going, where he should have said nope, we're stopping because I haven't went past this. Air, this this area with this bus, you know, but it, you know things happen, and uh, you know it, it's it's a dangerous uh, job, that's for sure. That's where experience comes into play,
1: you know. Like Regis was saying, you know, some of the younger guys, um, like he was talking about a, a couple of scenes at Charlie's Angels, during that one where you know the young guys just don't know what they're doing; they're kind of aggro. But you think that stuff through, so that that, that that's what makes a good stunt guy is really calculating all the risk you're taking
2: yeah i mean I, I remember that uh, charlie's angels i mean I, I i didn't i had a chance to go over there um i didn't want to go over there just because of the fact that i hadn't been riding supercross and I wasn't into jumping triples and doing all this kind of stuff you know and and I knew how much how many takes they want to do on that kind of stuff it's over and over again they just want to cover it and that was the same time I was on the uh, the Italian job and I knew the Italian job was going to be a a two month, three month deal. So I, I stayed over at the Italian job. And matter of fact, I, I kind of went over to the set, you know, because I had a day off and went over there and said hi to the guys. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where, you, you know, it's the Italian job when I did that jump out of the tunnel into the water with the car, you know. They said, uh, you know, we want to shoot the first one. I go, yeah, you better shoot it because if I miss, man, you want to make sure you get this because we don't have to (laughs) put the car in the water and open up the door. I've already done everything for you because they they break it up into sequences, you know. And uh, so anyhow, it was just one of those. Rex Ruddick, actually, uh, I did the jump, and what I did is I jumped and I landed in the water and swiped the car, and that's one pass. Well, then they take the bike and they set it in. The coordinator comes up to me, and uh, that was – I'm trying to remember the coordinator's uh, name. It'll come to me in a little bit. But anyhow, Kenny Bates, I believe, was coordinating that one. But anyhow, he says, hey, I I need you on this run for this whole thing. You don't mind if Rex does this uh, cable off? I said, no, I have no problem with it because you're just along for the ride. If something happens, you break your arm, you're off the show, and you don't get the good residuals. And I said, no, I'll have him do it. But what they did is they had the car stationary in in the water, They have the actor in the door to open it up, and then he rides in about uh, probably 20 feet. He's got a cable that they run from the handlebars down the front fork legs to the front axle, underneath the back axle and out back, and that's the pick so the bike doesn't chase you. And he basically just rides the bike in about uh, probably 15 miles an hour and comes to the end of the uh, cable and the front end collapses, wham, it snaps, and... Throws you over and you land in the water and the bike stays right there. It doesn't chase you. I said, "No, have him do it." Rex rex <laughs> he can do that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> save, save me for the the the, the hard stuff where you got to come out of the tunnel running about forty miles an hour, land in about two foot of water, and hopefully it doesn't hydroplane you into the front of the car and go over. You know, and just swipe by the car. And first time I did that, everyone looks. Man, you were about an inch away. I said, "Well, that's what you said you wanted, right?" Yeah. Uh, you know, but you know, and, and one of those things too is. Is, you know, I, I tell the transportation guys always when I'm doing stuff like that, I said, hey, only put a little bit of gas in. You know, those uh, BMW RS-1200s, that, that, you know, they're big bikes. They hold about eight gallons of gas. I don't need eight gallons to do this jump. That's more weight, more things. Well, after I did the first jump, I got back into the – this is an Ascot uh, flat track uh, in Gardena. That's where we are in the wash down there. They uh, made up this tunnel and everything, and they had a bunch of flatbed – Trailers and I was in here with this black duvetine all around me, and I get back in to do the second take, and I go, "Hold it, guys, hold it! I smell gas!" And so, you know, I'm thinking I'm in this thing, the thing's gonna catch fire, I'm dead, you know. So I, I got out of it, I ran it back down. What had happened is when I did the jump, I split the seam of the tank because of so much weight, and and you know those bikes aren't made to do that, and that's what I hate about the business. Sometimes, uh, you know, uh, a director or uh, you know. Uh, an artist or whatever they like to the look at that bike and they want it to do this but that bike's not capable of doing that i mean that's just the thing about it that uh, you know you have to take these precautions i mean i remember on that show i had yz foot pegs welded to a quarter inch plate of steel bolted to the frame because in rehearsals i snapped off the right foot peg on just doing an easy jump and almost cleaned out a bunch of people in cars because when i landed the footpeg broke off on the right side and I'm, I'm hanging off this bike Jeez. wide open heading for a bunch of cars
0: so how often then do they do you have to just put the brakes on all together I mean will they ask you to do stunts that aren't even physically possible or, or anything like that
2: uh, sometimes they are yeah I mean you just look at it and and, and you, you just you know what what do you want to do and, and uh, you know okay I think that bike can do that uh, you know or it can't do it and, and other things what they'll do is that maybe they'll give a you know, let you do it on a motocross bike and try to mock it up and put fairings and things like that on it to make it look like uh, uh, uh-huh. that bike. But uh, it's definitely hard. I mean, you know, in rehearsal for that, you know, because that jump was pretty big, um, you know, they let me take the ramps home, what I was going to do, and, and me and Richard Epper went over on a on a Sunday afternoon in a parking lot, and uh, we started rehearsing our jumps, you know, hitting it at 20 miles an hour, hitting it at 30, hitting it at 40, Hitting it at fifty, hitting it at sixty, and find the sweet spot on where it is. But you could only get probably maybe six jumps out of the thing, and then you couldn't even turn the motorcycle after you landed because the frame was stretched out and the foot the uh, forks were out like a chopper. I mean, that that was it. You, you know, you, you got to know your limits on. It. And so we were testing that. The only good thing about it, and it's a funny story, is I went over to the. Uh, uh, to wardrobe, and I said, hey, I'm I'm going to take this bike home with this stunt, you know. I need all my police equipment, you know. I, I need all the, this stuff because, you know, when I'm jumping, and you got all them billy clubs and helmet and the glasses and everything. I, I need to take all that home. Well, man, I was a cop in Chatsworth after that for about a day, man. I yeah. pulled over one of my buddies and stuff, and I was thinking, oh, man, if – if I get busted, I gotta, you know, I'm telling the other cop, "Hey, I gotta go after his buddy." You write this guy a ticket, Hall oh, but, but I had a good time with it, and you know, you can get in big trouble for impersonating an officer. <laughs> yeah. Hey Jim, yeah. going back
1: to uh, you know, sort of the theme of the show here. What, you know, the obviously "Winners Take All" is, is a classic now, but more because it was so um, I don't know what the word is, goofy or you know, I, I don't know. It's kind of funny that. It's so bad it was funny. right? Um, And there really hasn't been a a good, you know, Supercross the movie was pretty much a bomb. Even the the motocross stuff in Charlie's Angels Full Throttle was, you know, marginal. What is it, uh, what will it take to make a movie that has motocross as a backdrop? And why hasn't that happened yet? You know, we have, um, you know, all these other movies that have other stick and ball sports as a backdrop for what's going on but motocross just doesn't seem to be able to make a good
2: one well that, that's a good point you, you bring up ping i mean i mean uh you, you know you look at all the stick and ball sports and, and i mean i like stick and ball sports and here's the key and this is only my opinion is that <clears throat> excuse me everybody can do a stick and ball sport they can throw a baseball a football whatever kick a soccer ball whatever not everybody can ride a you know a, a motorcycle and it, it's it's not part of the mainstream thing uh do I see it coming around? Maybe in five or ten years. Sure, I, I think it would would come around. But I, I, I think that uh, you know, there, there's still a little bit of that uh, scenario that you know, the motocross, supercross guys are like hell's angels or whatever. I mean, that was the the the, uh, the problem that we had, you know, trying to get sponsors. You, you race what? Motorcycle? What? Those are dangerous, you know. I mean, you still get that, but. Even though, I mean, you know, baseball and football, all those sports are dangerous, too. I mean, it doesn't matter. But I don't think everybody can ride a motorcycle. Uh, That's my opinion uh, why they don't. uh, It's not mainstream enough, if if that's that's, uh, the the right way to put it.
1: Yeah, and and Andy was saying, you know, you've got to have someone involved in the movie, or at least one guy in in production and post-production who understands the sport. Um, And and I think there's a lot of those people who have played golf or have played football, played you know, high school, that baseball, so they can at least understand it enough to go, okay, no, that's not realistic. You know, this is what it would kind of be like. Or, but with right. motocross, that's not the case. There's rarely do you find somebody who has a motocross background.
2: Right. Exactly. I mean, that, that's the that's the whole thing about it. As far as uh, like you said with. Uh, You need somebody on the team. You need one of the producers has to be an old motocross guy, the the director maybe uh, because he's setting up the right camera angles, the stunt coordinator, I mean, things like that. that, uh, It it takes a lot of those. I mean, I think if you just had one guy that was a producer that, I really like motorcycles, I want to make this motorcycle movie. Well, that's fine. That's what we've had in the past. But you don't have anybody in there saying that this is not going to happen and and, and making it uh, true to life, you know, and been there and done that type of thing. Right.
0: Yeah, and also the idea of, um, you know, Winners Take All was, as you said, it was a movie about supercross. And supercross obviously was because they called it Supercross the movie. Um, a lot of the best movies about other sports aren't about the sport, that's just a part of the storyline. Um, maybe that would be the key if someone made a movie like that where the story doesn't have anything to do with racing, but they do race. So the racing doesn't have to carry the whole thing and they don't have to turn racing into something it's not just to make a story out of it.
2: Yeah, racing should be like maybe 20% of the movie. I mean, you right. know, there's plenty of storylines out there that, uh, you know, and that's the riders and everything like that. I mean, you know, just follow some of the privateer guys around and see some of the battles and, and things like that to, you know, see some of, uh, you know, how hard of a road it is to, uh, yep. you know, to get up to that level and build a storyline like that. I, I don't know if too many chicks are involved in it as far as like that. I mean, they they always want to throw that in there, but that's eye candy. and. You know, that's what gets people to come into the seats to see some of that stuff. uh, Oh, the chicks are involved. Is it it possible that it starts as far back as the writers? I mean, if you think
1: about it, every every movie we've had in this sport is pretty B, pretty much a B level. You know, you you don't have any major actors. Um, I think in Supercross the movie, you know, it was the guy from Revenge of the Nerds. I mean, that was the biggest star in the whole stinking movie. So, you know, if you had someone who wrote a great script who had – you know, their their of their who the main characters would be would be big stars, you know, like Tom Cruise or, or whoever it would be.
2: Well, the one that i got to go back then to. Then would you have more
1: budget to then, you know, go out and do it properly? Is that part of the problem? Does it start that far uh, back? I, I
2: think so. And, and, and the reason, what, what I'm going to touch on now is, is that, did anybody see The Fastest Indian with, uh, I believe the actor was uh, Dennis Hopper? Yeah, it's excellent. I mean, that was an excellent movie. I mean, that had a storyline. The guy was in New Zealand. He had a dream to come to here, and the sacrifices that he made, you know, in Hollywood, he met that hooker or whatever, you know, and then, you know, he wanted to go to the Salt Flats, and he wanted to prove this thing was fast. I mean, that was a great movie, I mean, and that had a great cast. It had a great uh, storyline to it. It had a, a good budget, and, and it, it, was, it was a true, true movie. I mean, it, it was excellent. I enjoyed that movie.
0: Yeah, that's true. I remember um, my girlfriend, who's my wife now, I wanted to watch it, and she said, I'm sick and tired of doing motorcycle stuff with you. And I'm like, no, 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 you got to understand. It's, it's, I know it's about motorcycles, but it's not really. And then her parents watched it, and they told her to watch it. And then all of a sudden she did, as long as I didn't have anything to do with it. But you're right, it wasn't a motorcycle movie. It was a movie with a motorcycle in it.
2: Right, and I think that's what they need to get into if they're going to do anything with Supercross and motocross or something like that. Uh, you know, you know, take a page out of that playbook, uh, the, the Fastest Indian. You know, and It had motorcycle stuff in it, and it was interesting for us motorcycle guys to watch that. But I mean, it had a great storyline to it, and, and uh, I, I really enjoyed that film. All right, all right. So we've nailed it down. Who do we get this information now to
1: yeah. uh, to get the ball rolling here? <laughs> well, it's not good. Yeah, Jim, you got the connections in Hollywood here. Make it the the happen. You take this the... podcast and get it down to
2: Spielberg. How
0: That's much right. money you need? <laughs> uh, Hundred million. Yeah. Probably,
2: uh, at least. I mean, it. It. it I mean, you know, David from working on shows. I mean, the production. The, I mean, commercials and things like that that you shoot. You just the money that's uh, spent on that. Uh, you know, it, it's incredible. Yep. But uh, I don't know who you'd get for an actor to, to double. You know, uh, Gad Reed or James Stewart or <laughs> Ryan Dungy or somebody like that.
0: <laughs> hey, when Winners Take All came out. Uh, were people, When Supercross movie was coming out, everyone was excited, thinking this is going to launch the sport, and then everybody saw it. I remember it came out the weekend of the Broom-Tioga National, so Saturday night after practice, the whole theater was pretty much industry folks, and everyone walked out saying, oh no, this isn't going to happen like we thought. What about Winners Take All? Do you remember the buildup and what the reaction was when that came out when you were racing?
2: Yeah, not really cuz uh you know I was I, I was still racing, you know. Yeah. I, I, I you know I was uh yeah, I mean of course I want to see how they cut it all together and everything, but I was pretty much uh you know uh you know involved in that thing as far as uh, but I was still racing at the same time. So I mean uh but yeah, I mean anyway, I mean you know any time I don't I don't care if it's Good press, bad press, whatever. I mean, anytime you can get some motorcycles on the big screen, I think it's going to bring a little bit uh, more attention to the sport. You know, uh, be it good or bad. You know, At least, hey, we're still talking about it today, aren't we?
0: That's right. That's right. And uh, the last thing I want to ask you about, which Harrington mentioned, and I know you've told me in the past, is as far as getting involved in a business uh, with residuals and the health insurance and, and being in the union and all that, it's actually a pretty good business to be in.
2: Oh, it is. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a great business to be in. I mean. Uh, i think close to uh you know with the residuals and stuff i mean that's like free money i mean you've already gotten paid and you've got your adjustments and things like that for the stunts you've done and and you're making good money i mean to to go on the set for uh eight hours and then uh you know to uh you know every few months or whatever especially when the shows a big success like the italian job or charlie's angels or something like that i don't know on the residuals on that but uh I mean, there's those, that's free money coming in. I mean, you know, you open up the check and you see a residual check. Wow, twelve grand. Oh, that's
0: cool. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, paying anything else for Jim? I know everybody's pretty busy today, so. uh,
2: you good. know what? I,
1: I mean, I think that was that was great. You know, I mean, we got a couple of good opinions there. I think I uh, think yeah. we've got to figure it figure out here. Now we just need someone to make the movie, make the right movie.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we just need a hundred million bucks, and yeah. we just listen <laughs> like to the podcast.
2: <laughs> well, tell yeah. me you got me and Ping. We'll be involved in it. No problem. <laughs> and I still got my there, SAG know. card. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, though. We might have to get those young guys to do some of those uh, stunts, you know, because I'm, I'm getting too old to be doing that stuff, you know.
1: No, uh, everything but a good scrub and a good whip, I'm still in. I'll jump the triples all day long. Just don't ask me to scrub it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or what about uh, having the girl backflip, though? I mean, the the backflip is –
1: <laughs> Yeah, backflips I'm out, too. Sorry. I was going to
0: say, yeah. Unfortunately, no. now they know that's out there and know it's doable.
2: Well, the it's other Todd thing also, Potter, you a star. He's, Yeah. Is with uh, CG now. I mean,
0: you know, they don't have to do the stunts as much anymore. They can CG it in, you know. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right, Jim, thanks for the time, and uh, see you this weekend, bud. All
2: right, guys, have fun. Thank you, yeah, Jim.
0: Take care. All right. All right, that was Jim Holly and Andy Harrington. I think we actually did unearth some stuff here. I didn't know if anyone – there were like three or four different reasons, uh, which were pretty good ones as to why these movies don't quite work out the way we want them to.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, and you know, those are the guys to ask. Both of those guys have definitely been involved in a lot of stuff. Uh, Holly, especially, man, I, I feel like you could sit around and talk all day with him, and uh, he'd have stories. You wouldn't even have to say a word; he'd just be like, "Tell me more," and he'd just keep going.
0: Yes, yes. Dangerous for a show like this, where we're trying to keep it under an hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is wild, and and what's also good for both of them—it's like the greatest thing that ever happened. They they both stumbled upon it. Holly was a racer, a factory rider at the time, and Harrington saw a flyer <laughs> to go and be an extra. And now it's like the greatest line of work to be in. They were able to do that long after they were able to race.
1: You know what? It is super work. Like he was talking about. Um, you know, I got paid a set amount of money to be in the film. Then I got uh, uh, what he what he called an adjustment to be to do my gag, which is I'm throwing out some technical terms nice. here. All right, this is a business talk, but, but it's a stunt that I did. was called a gag, um, where I had to. Jump off my bike and land in these boxes. I oh, is that the one Zizigo Harrington?
0: Afterwards. Is that what Andy was asking you about?
1: Yeah, it, this was in Supercross the movie. If yep. you remember, where Trip Carlisle gets taken out by Tyler Evans and crashes on that triple and breaks his leg. Well, they, you know, someone had to jump off their bike there, and I happened to be the guy doubling for Trip Carlisle. So they basically took the. We, we had Sandpoint Stadium the day after the Supercross there in O4. Um, had the whole stadium rented and did all that. And they, they basically took the stunt jump out of the triple and filled it with boxes. And Jimmy Roberts was the stunt co- coordinator on that film as well, and he was telling me, okay, yeah, man, don't it's it's easy. We'll, we'll, we'll spray paint a line up the face of the triple that's sort of angled. You just follow that and throw the bike, and you'll land. We'll have three levels, levels of boxes, you know, just, just cardboard boxes that are put together with nothing in them. And uh, three layers, man, it'll absorb. You'd be amazed how soft it is to land into. And I'm like, all right, okay, you know, I'm in. You know, because he, he said he would do it if I wasn't comfortable. And I'm like, no, nah, you know, I could use the. I think it was an extra three grand. Oh, yeah. To do the stunt. I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll go for it. So they get to do it, they stack in boxes, and when they put the third level of boxes in, it was above the, the height of the landing, so you could see the boxes. So they had to take a lay- layer out, and it was just two layers of boxes. And they lay, what they did was put a layer of they did a layer set-up boxes and then a layer of just flat cardboard and then another layer of boxes, which gave it a little more stability. And he's like, um, hey, you know, uh, yeah, they couldn't get the third level of boxes in. Um, I got this Under Armour stuff here. Why don't you put this on? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, you said three was good. <laughs> now I got two, you know. I was, yeah. I was, he made me nervous the way he kind of was sheepish about telling me about it. And yeah, so. yeah. And we had to time it just right. There was this on-off section, and I had, Castillo had to go by as the leader, and Tyler Evans and I had to go off side-by-side, and then um, they made it look like he bumped me, which we did in another sequence, And but we had to go off the triple side-by-side, basically, and I had to throw it. So not only was I having to concentrate on throwing this bike and, you know, roll out the windows and landing in this little square bit of boxes, <laughs> I had to be side-by-side with Tyler, you know, just time it right, so... Um, the first time I, I went, I got it pretty good, and one of the cameras wasn't rolling. Ro- or you know, ah. just, And this happens all the time in this industry. So I had to do it again. I set up more boxes, and I had to do it again. And they ended up using the first take. They just used it from a different angle than they wanted.
0: Did it hurt? I so, landed on the two boxes?
1: Yeah, well, so anyway, yeah, I, went, I almost went too far. I landed right at the tail end of the, the square pad, <laughs> and went right straight through and hit, I mean, hit the ground pretty good. It, it was just enough to slow me down where I, I didn't hurt anything or break anything, but I hit with a thud. I mean, my head went whack into the ground. I was like, whoa. That's that's it. I was really glad I didn't have to do it twice, and then I found out I had to do it twice.
0: <laughs> and, and the whole time you've got to work alongside Tyler Evans, literally. That's, that's an additional yeah. risk. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, yeah.
0: I'm not going to touch that. Yeah, well said, well said. (laughs) Um, How how did you, by the way, get involved with that? How did that come about? Um, I don't even remember. Did you hit your head that hard on the...
1: I think I hit my head too hard on that. my gag. (laughs) Um, I don't know. You know, I'm buddies with with, uh, Rich Taylor and Dave Castillo, and they were looking for guys. At the time, I wasn't racing full-time. I had just retired the year before, so I had the time to do it. You know, it was... um, Five days there in Vegas, and then we did another, oh, probably another two weeks total time up at, uh, you know, the old Lemon Grove track, this is now Peru and a couple other places. So you really had to have a lot of time. They couldn't use anyone who was still racing professionally, right? And I was just fresh enough out of it that I was still riding pretty regularly and things. So it just worked out.
0: And uh, I mean, were you thinking of pursuing that more so, or was it just a one time well, that was fun? It is.
1: It is. You know like those guys have said it's it is good um industry to be in but you've got to chase it you know and i mean you got you got to be down there going to to try you know um when they have cattle calls or whatever when you're coming down to, to try out for these things and you have to just really network within that industry and i just was like man i don't know i i don't i don't feel like i want to chase it you know if something comes right. up and there's a I, I have a couple of friends still in it like obviously dave castillo rich taylor Um, Jimmy, Jimmy Roberts, who's a stunt coordinator. And if they need motorcycle guys for something that's coming up, I'm sure that I would get called. I still do have my side card, but Uh I mean, as far as like what, what, what Dave and Rich and these guys and and Jim Holly do, I mean, they're, you know, they're going after it, you know, and I just, me, it wasn't something I wanted to do that hard, so.
0: When Supercross the movie finally came out, though, did you feel the the sigh of disappointment like we all felt in the oh, yeah. movie theater in Broom <laughs> Oh yeah.
1: I w- when I went to the premiere, I was just like, "Oh man, this is." And and the problem is, I was in it. I wanted to be like, and and the footage I saw was good, so I wanted to be pumped. I was kind of telling people, "This is. I think it's going to be really cool." You know, there is a love story and stuff, so don't. It's going to be just all like you know, pure racing the whole time, but. Um- the footage we saw was really good, and then when when we saw it after they had put, you know put it through the editing room, it was just like, "Oh no!"
0: Right, right. Ugh. Another another wasted opportunity.
1: Well, yep we'll have to we'll have to wait for the one that actually portrays our sport. Yeah. Still uh, hadn't happened yet.
0: That's right. Well, uh, they come along every twenty years these movies, so <laughs> we'll have another chance. All right, Ping, uh, I think we, we've covered all we can cover, unless you have anything else you want to add. I know you got to get back to the test track, and uh, i got to fly to Vegas, so what do you say?
1: I think uh, I think it was good, man. I think uh, anyone that was interested in this topic got some, got some food for thought.
0: That's the idea, just like the craft services. That's right. <laughs> food.
1: Lean your bike up against it and go inside and make a Sunday. Oh, man.
0: There is one other motocross movie that no one has seen except our managing editor, Brian Staley, there is a Dutch film from 1980 called Spedders, and from what he tells me, the the you know they put the, something on the screen. They'll say "Fantastic Action USA Today." Well, he just showed me the box cover for that that he found on the on Netflix, and it says "Graphic Sexual Violence." That's that was the tagline. Excellent. That um,
1: always you know that drives them in droves to the to the movies.
0: Oh Graphic, yeah, sexual violence. Graphic sexual violence. Wow, I'm there, dude. And um, you know,
1: I'll mm-hmm. tell you while we're talking about motocross movies. Yep, I do have a movie coming out.
0: Oh really? Oh yes, it's you do. Last
1: video. Yes. It's not, it's not a feature film, but <laughs> Motocross 101 is coming soon. <laughs> throw a little plug in there. Motocross101.com.
0: It's more. It's uh. It's it's not fiction, right? This is this is based in reality.
1: It is reality. It's uh. It's just geared towards helping people ride ride better. There you uh, go. It's like a motocross school on tape.
0: Yeah, you're working hard on that. You got. You got as many things up in the air as I do. Very impressive.
1: Yeah, it, it was a lot of work, man, but I, I think it's going to be cool.
0: Well, guys like me could definitely benefit, so I, yeah, I could learn more than yeah, that. I that made I could. It for
1: you. It's for you, Weed. <laughs> now you can go be a stuntman after you see this.
0: All right, so it keeps paying forward. I like it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, good luck with the – when does that come out?
1: Uh, it'll be out next month here. We should have them at Hangtown probably. So.
0: Perfect. Perfect uh, for the summertime when it's time to go riding. That's right. All right, Pink, thanks for the help, and uh, see you in Vegas. See you there. All right, folks, hope you enjoyed the RacerX podcast, Motocross in Cinema. F- big thanks to Andy Harrington and Jim Holly, and, of course, uh, myself and David Pingree. We enjoyed bringing it to you. I hope you guys liked it, and send me emails at jasonw at racerxonline.com. If you have a show suggestion or a topic you want us to hit, beyond that, we're out of here. Enjoy it.